Welcome, 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 St. Louis. Welcome, geeks, nerds, boys, and girls, and welcome, points listening online. Today's Geek to Me Radio, we are focusing on video games. We have Dan Clark in studio talking about Maryville's eSports program. Later on, we'll be joined by our friends from the Toner Low Network, so stand by. Welcome to another edition of geek to me Radio. Today, we are joined by Dan Clark from Maryville University's eSports program. We'll be talking about uh, the program in general, eSports, uh, where it's going, where it came from. And then later on, we'll be joined by our friends from the Toner Lobe podcast and network on Twitter, talking uh, retro gaming, gaming all hour long. If you would like to call in with any questions, the line is 855 855- Seven seven zero one two six zero toll free call from anywhere, and as always, you can tweet at us at Geek to Me Radio if you have any questions. If you're listening on the interwebs, uh, Dan, thanks for coming in today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Pretty good. So, uh, just start. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in esports. All right. Um, I'm 23 years old, and uh, I was playing uh, Call of Duty. Uh, in high school and I was pretty good at it so I started doing tournaments online tournaments and I was doing really well um, and I just I pursued that for a little bit and then um, I went to uh, Rala for engineering school hated engineering school <laughs> <laughs> and uh, decided to go back after my passion and switch to Maryville and do business uh, and I decided to to try to do esports business I funded my own team uh, and it kind of just took off from there and Maryville heard uh, about the successes of my pro team and they decided to go all in on esports and it's been kind of a blessing since then. Nice, nice. So it's one of those things if you don't can't do what you love to do, you know, or I guess if you're not doing what you love, do what you love. Exactly, exactly. And the joke is, of course, with engineers, why can't engineers tell jokes timing? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so and you said um, Maryville took you on, uh, funded the program and you got a, I think you said you got a full ride for heading up the team and everything like that. Yeah. And yep. you guys were undefeated. Yeah, we went 40 and 0 last year and won the title and we're looking to do the same thing this year. That's but crazy. We're going to set Wayne Gretzky level records before the, all the big <laughs> boys come in. <laughs> nice. So you've got your team in place. Um, do you have any new players on the team this particular year going into it? Uh, so last year we had five uh, play- five recruited players for our League of Legends team. Um, this year, uh, so over the summer we went we were deciding whether we wanted to do Counter-Strike or Overwatch or some of the other games. Uh, we had uh, probably 300 applicants trying to get into the uh, esports program uh, as a uh, actual athlete mm. co- or athlete in right. quotes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we actually just decided to go with one Hearthstone player. 
um, and just kind of sit back and wait to, to see to, to the point where the talent pool will be able to produce another dominant team before we go into those other titles. Now, the ones uh, that were mentioned here on the website were League of Legends, which you said, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, yeah. um, Smite, Halo, Gears of War. Are these all going on at the same time, or is it each year is a different game? How does that work? So we have kind of a, a varsity program, so to speak, with the League of Legends team. Those are those are the recruited players. And then the rest of the games that you see on the website, those are... Those are um, organically homegrown teams so 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 people that are at maryville already that mm -hmm. are that are kind of passionate about a game that would just like to compete they're able to compete in those titles but uh we have we have kind of our, our premier sector which is right now just our league of legends and hearthstone teams okay okay and I, like we talked about before the show when i was in college i graduated in 98 and i had a nintendo 64 uh, we didn't have Wi-Fi in the dorms, so it's amazing in less than 20 years how vastly the landscape of this has changed, not only in college, but as far as gaming, yeah. it almost seems like it's the perfect storm where these things have hit all at once. Yeah, it's actually crazy. So um, when I played, I played for a gaming chair and free Mountain Dew, <laughs> and uh, now players are playing for 18 million at the Dota, at the Dota International. That so crazy. So it's actually nuts, and... Uh, the reason, the way Maryville ties into all this is, um, since all those all this big money started to come in, a lot of players are are pushing off college to, to try to go pro. Doesn't work out sometimes, obviously. But um, there's there's one player in particular particular on my pro team. His name's Otter. Uh, he he took he took he put off school uh, for four years, and uh, much to his parents' dismay, he decided to go all in. Created uh, some drama there. Mm. Uh, and then with my team, he finally made it into the pro league, and I've never seen such like emotion come out of a player when like he finally made it to the pro league, and then in one split it was gone. We got relegated. Mm. So <sighs> so Maryville is kind of a, a baby of mine in the sense that uh, it kind of bridges the gap where you can you can get your degree and and compete, and it's not NCAA regulated, so players can actually pocket money from these tournaments. That was gonna be one of my questions too. Is with all the stuff people are saying, oh, the pro athletes. They get money, but the college athletes shouldn't be making that money. They should be focused on this, but they should get something. So this is not, there's no regulation. So if you're playing in college, yeah. in addition to getting a scholarship for playing and having your college paid for, you can also pocket some really decent money doing it. Yeah, it's actually crazy. So if you're actually really good, you can make probably forty to 60000 while you're while you're going to school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I know we talked about some of the, the, the pro gaming people. You said some of them are making six uh, yes. figures a year. Yeah, and uh, in Korea they're making millions and in China they're making millions. And that's that's where that's where North America is headed is towards towards that. It's it's actually crazy. I think uh, a lot of the League of Legends players in the pro league are making more than major league soccer players, MLS players. Man. That's you now see that's that's what I could do because I'm not athletic by any means, but I can certainly yeah. you know play some. Uh, <laughs> so what are some of the other games you guys are looking to expand to and bring on to the uh, I guess the curriculum I guess you'd say. Yeah, so I want to do Counter Strike and Overwatch uh, moving forward. Uh, Counter Strike is kind of a kind of a tough game to to judge because the the premise of the game is you're basically counter terrorists versus terrorists and you have to defuse a bomb or plant a bomb if you're on the terrorist team. So. With the collegiate structure, I kind of want to see how how the support comes in for that moving forward before right. I before I invest into a team on that. Uh, but Overwatch is kind of a a more cartoon cartoony version for first person shooter that's kind of blown up in the last year. It's a, it's, it's made by Blizzard, and that was kind of their their push to compete with League of Legends. Hmm. And I know um, you used to, I, I was when I saw the website and I reached out to Maryville to talk about because I was very 
intrigued by the whole esports and at the college level. I thought you were actually a professor. I expected <laughs> a, a slightly older guy to show up, honestly. But uh, you're actually a student there. Yeah. And they said they'll bring you on to head up the uh, almost as a professor type status. Yeah. So I'm going to be uh, the head of the esports program on on staff. We're also looking to kind of uh, expand and, and potentially create an esports curriculum at the campus, which I'll, I'll probably have my hands in as well. Uh, it just depends on how much time I have, obviously, right, with, yeah. with this whole industry blowing up. But uh, I'm just along for the ride right now. I'm going to see where it takes me. I'm, I'm going to focus on graduating this spring, first of all. That's then, for the best, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and, then, and then we'll go from there. Right. That, it's it's re just crazy to think about. Like I said, when I went to school, there was nothing like that at all. Uh, if you played video games, you were doing it in your dorm, and you're blowing off class to and do you're so. A geek. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Now we talked about a little bit, too. We had a great conversation before the uh, show actually started, how there's a little bit of a pushback from some of the um, actual, I don't want to say actual athletes, but, yeah. you know, the, the baseball Sports players ball. yeah, <laughs> uh, who, on campus who are a little upset by the kind of money you uh, esports people are getting. Yeah, so that's kind of been seen a lot uh, across the campuses, uh, across the country that have kind of gotten esports. Uh, we kind of maybe even got a little bit of pushback at Maryville, but... Um, once the, once the players meet our players and they realize that they're normal people and, and how much time they put into the game, our players put in 8 to 12 hours a day, including their class schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, they they kind of understand what, what's, what's, what's going on and, and how good our players actually are in the grand, grand scheme of things. And so there's no... Um, some people might think, oh, you're playing video games. You don't have to actually be good or practice. <laughs> yeah. So do you have anyone with just like who's a natural talent? Are you one of those people who just, you're naturally good at it? Or is it something that you really do need to put in eight hours of practice a day? So we have uh, both ends of the spectrum on our team at Maryville. Actually, we have a player named uh, CKG. Uh, his name's Andrew. He barely needs to play. He can, he didn't play it all over the summer and he came back and he just started destroying everybody again. So there, there are players like that. Uh, but, but if you want to compete at the highest level, you have to have the talent and put the work in. Sure. Uh, the collegiate, collegiate level is a little bit, uh, a little bit lower and lower in the spectrum, but we have high level kids in there. So it's a lot easier. But, um, then we have a, another player named prototype. His name's Marco and he, he's in there 10 hours a day playing solo queue and then he does scrims and then he does the schoolwork. Wow. And that's just, that's just how he operates. He's like a robot. He, 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 he doesn't, he would, he wouldn't have it any other way. He just he just does it. He loves to do it. So both ends of the spectrum. That's very interesting yeah. to, to to hear. We're gonna take a quick break. We will be back with Dan Clark from Maryville University's esports program after this. back here on geek to me radio we are talking with dan clark from the esports program at maryville university and before we get back into that i want to remind you that it is the halloween season best time of the year in my opinion uh, there's dress up there's candy the big holiday coming on november 1st when the holiday is that all halloween candy is half off at the stores but if you're looking for something to do something unique and different for the halloween season one of my sponsors City of St. Charles, Historic St. Charles, is hosting a Legends and Lanterns, which you can go and interact with different historical characters who have a, uh, of a haunted nature. I'll put it like that. You can check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash 
Legends and Lanterns. And you can also, when is that? That is actually going to be Saturday, October 22nd and Sunday, October 23rd. And then it's Halloween weekend, Friday, October 28th, Saturday, October 29th, Sunday, October 30th. They have the hours up on the website. You can go to historicstcharles.com to check out more. Also the Facebook page. But if you like Christmas traditions, if you've ever been down to St. Charles for Christmas traditions, yeah. they've got all the historical characters walking around. They have all sorts of things going on that are uh, related and fun and interactive to do. Now they're doing it for Halloween. So you want to get down there, check them out, Legends and Lanterns, facebook.com slash Legends and Lanterns, and of course, historicstcharles.com. Very proud to have them as an official sponsor of geek to me Radio. So talking about, while well, we're talking about Halloween, scary <laughs> video games. You said you love scary, the horror-related yes. games. Uh, yes. We talked about Silent Hill, which was, I played that for the original PlayStation, and I couldn't sleep after playing. It was that, <laughs> it was that kind of, I went back and played it the next day because it was so good. And now games are just so much more immersive. I know, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so what's, what's your, if you had to pick one favorite horror or monster related game of all time oh man um if you want to do a top five you can you know if it makes it easier all right top five here we go amnesia okay e evil within silent hill mm -hmm. um bioshock is considered scary yeah yeah absolutely um and then probably the rest of the evil series yes which they're uh, the, the movies alone. I mean, yeah. Talk about video games being made into movies. So not only are they getting the money from the, the video games. Have you heard about the new one? I have. So um, do you know what Amnesia is? I'm vaguely familiar with it, yes. So I haven't played it. It's a horror title where you have no weapons and you have no hope to fight your enemies. You just have to run and hide. And you have a lantern that, has, that runs out of fuel and you have to find fuel and just navigate through basically an entrapment where you're just basically destined to fail. I, I think Resident Evil is trying to move away from what the, they're, they were doing before where you pick up weapons right. and try to solve puzzles and they're trying to, to move towards an amnesia almost field game. So hmm. I'm actually pretty excited to see how it turns out. That would be neat. There's yeah. a new game coming out. I think it's coming out, I want to say this month or next month. I can't remember the name of the game, but the concept is that you're in this dystopian future where everyone takes happy pills and you end up not taking yours, and you have to try to navigate your way out, but everyone else, if, if you're oh, not on the pill, it is out. Yeah. If you're not on the pill... We Happy Few. Yes, We Happy Few, which <laughs> I, I saw the previews, and it looks horrifying. Yeah, Just no. the, the people smiling, it's crazy. And have you, have you played it yet at all? Oh, I actually bought it, and I downloaded it, but I've been traveling so much that I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and play it. I'm so excited. That reminds me. I'm going to go do that today, actually. I'm going to go play it right after this. That, that looked, it looked, <laughs> I, I saw the concept, and I saw the trailer online. I'm like, this looks so cool. Yeah. It could be a movie. I mean, they, they just the, the idea, and you have to, you have to uh, I think you have to take the pills at some point, because if you aren't on the pills, the people who are can sense that you are, and they'll attack you, and yeah, beat you, yeah, and you, yeah. you start at the very beginning of the game again. So that's that that looks like one. If you haven't played it yet, we happy few. Yeah, that looks like one that's worth playing for sure. I'm, I'm the type of guy that like whenever I get a horror game, I have to turn all the lights off. I have to put <laughs> on my my Bose surround sound headset and I just have to be completely immersed in it. I just really like being scared for some reason. See, I wish I had more time to play. See, maybe, maybe I need to start doing it professionally because I wish I had, I still have an Xbox 360. Yeah, I haven't upgraded to the Xbox one. And there's so many new games coming out that I can't play now because, oh, that looks great. But I don't have the time. I don't have the Xbox. 
Xbox One to play it on. New one just came out. Higher higher storage capacity, better, better internals, and there isn't the b- gigantic b- power brick that hangs off of it. Now right. It's just a cord. <laughs> yeah, that's it's uh, <laughs> just the way gaming is going. So when you guys are playing at Maryville, what system do you are you guys on? Is it all PC? Is it Xbox? Is it so PlayStation? They've, they've built us some really, really nice computers over there, and we have our own dedicated one gigabyte download internet. So Wow. It's pretty sweet <laughs> it's say. like I, I basically spend time more time there than my home because it's <laughs> such a I, if i want to try a game i buy it and i can download it in two seconds and yeah just play it and um i mean we have super smash brothers for if you want to like cool down from league of legends right. we have other titles that we play we have hearthstone and uh, just other stuff so and i i have my uh, i actually have my playstation and my xbox up there as well so i'll just hop on there between my meetings and i'll I'll play whatever. <laughs> so you guys, when you do the esports, there's not a specific gaming platform that's used in all of esports or anything like that. It doesn't. They don't prefer one over the other. Is it just basically a gaming type computer? So I would say a majority of the prize pool. So if we were going to like quantify esports as a, as prize pools, I'd say mm-hmm. the majority of the prize pool is on PC. And then okay. there's there's like Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War on console that are pretty big. And then the surprisingly enough. The biggest console esport is Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is a 15-year-old game on the GameCube. Yes, and that gets probably 400,000 to 500,000 viewers for their big tournaments hmm. con- concurrent. So, That's just one of those fun games to play. It's like I'll still go back and play Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, but the cool, because, you know, the cool thing about Melee is that. It's kind of a, a beautiful accident in the sense that Nintendo tried to create a party game out of it, mm-hmm. but um, these professional players have actually. Uh, found little glitches in the game like wave dashing and L canceling where you can take you can actually animation cancel your character and take little fractions of a second off of how long it takes to perform an action they've actually made the game so fast that the actions per minute in that game are like over 300 Wow. Yeah. So, like, you, when you watch when you watch like a professional play, their character will just be bouncing across <laughs> the, sc- the screen, hitting you when they shouldn't be able to be hitting you. And their their hand like there's like a there's like a stereotype in old movies when people are playing video games where you just see the people mashing the controller. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's not really that way. Well, if you watch a Super Smash Brothers game, it's actually like that. I'm a button masher. <laughs> I, I will admit to being a button masher. We used to play in the uh, Aladdin's Castle at Jamestown Mall. Any of you who are listening who are my age, Jamestown Mall, Aladdin's Castle. We'd go in there and play Mortal Kombat two. And there are some people who are just like, ding, 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 and you die immediately. And I'm, I'm hitting all the buttons trying to get a hit in. Just hoping. Yeah, exactly, because that's all you could do. Pull and some of these people are just out. playing there like, yeah, whatever, nerd. And they're like <laughs> dropping a quarter in. They're killing seven, seven people. And I'm like putting like 10, du- 10 bucks into the thing to keep it going. That's hilarious. You say that like you wish you were born a little bit later so you could have uh, kind of picked the fruits yeah, of the esports I know. labor. I wish that I was born back in the arcade days. That would have been <laughs> See, grass is so always cool. greener. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, some of the, and we talked about the, some of the arcade games, the old stand up ones, still to this day. Uh, there's one, it's so basic, it's called Tapper. And it looks like you've got a bar tap uh, for beer, and you've got the joystick. And basically, you go up and down, there's four bars, and you're sliding beer down the bar to get the people out the door. And people keep coming in. You have to work your weapon down the bars. You have to get in and get the tip so that the dancing ladies come out so they distract some of the people. <laughs> but the idea is to clear the bar, because if they get to the end of the bar, they'll grab you and slide you out the bar and throw you down, and you lose a life. Very simple game, but so much fun to play. That sounds awesome. It is. As some of the old arcade games, man, you can't beat them. <laughs> I think we're getting ready to go to break. Was that, did I see you? Was that a 30 seconds? Okay. Thank you, Joey. Um, in the next segment, we are going to bring in our friends from Toner Low Podcast. Do you feel like sticking around, talking some more gaming? Sure, or, I'm down. And we might uh, hit some more esports stuff as well. If you have any questions, by the way, feel free to give us a call 855 770 1260. 
That's a toll-free call from anywhere you are. And you can always tweet at geek to me Radio if you have any questions for myself or for Dan Clark from Maryville University's eSports program. We will be back with a lot more right after this. Hi, this is Greg Weissman, the creator of Gargoyles and co-creator of Young Justice, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. Stay well. That's right. We are back on air. geek to me Radio. We are joined in studio by Dan Clark from Maryville University's eSports program. And on the phone right now, we are also joined by Ron and TC from the Toner Low podcast and network. They do a series uh, all about gaming. Guys, can you hear me okay? There we go. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh you can the, hear us. Uh, cut out for a minute. Perfect. Go. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. We've got Ron and TC on the phone, correct? Yes, sir. How's Thank- it going? Hey, good, guys, good. What's up? Hey, thanks for joining us. So I met up with you guys at Geekonomic Con in Oklahoma City, and you guys had your uh, retro gaming display up. I literally could have spent the entire con sitting there playing on your gaming consoles. We had that wacky wall of CRTs. That's right. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, that, that, what we had set up there was actually not even a quarter of what we could have set up. Uh, we actually came in uh, way overprepared. We had another, like, 8 or 12 monitors to put up with a bunch of other consoles. We just kind of uh, – we got moved at the last minute, so we had to rearrange and adjust for it. But, yeah. Yeah, it was a great setup. And, by the way, say hi to, say hi to Dan Clark, guys. He's here in the studio with me. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing right. How about you? Hey, Dan, uh, what's up? Busy, but but great. <laughs> That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. No. So uh, uh, Dan and I were talking uh, before you guys came on about some of the, the old school games and everything like that. And I mentioned playing Tapper when I was uh, coming up. And you guys had Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which is another one I sat down. I had, I think, uh, out of the digit code, I think I was missing two numbers I had transposed, went right to Mike Tyson. That's another one of those games that I can just sit down and still play here it is, 30 years after it came out. Um, what do you guys think it is about these these retro games that still people love to play? I think it's the accessibility. You don't have to turn it on, log in, wait for four different production screens, download the DLC, and hope your subscription's out of date. <laughs> there is that, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I'm on flights, I bring my DS with me, and I don't buy any of the current DS games. I go on their arcade, and I buy... I play my favorite game of all time, which is Mega Man 2, basically all the time on flights. And I think what it is is you don't have to get involved in like a 14-hour story. You, just, you can just get on and play the game, and that's then it's, you're just playing the game. Like, that, that's it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Yeah, uh, I mean, go ahead. It, it, comes, it, well, it comes down to like, I mean, a lot of the older games, like the retro-style games, are. it seems like people have kind of missed the almost simplicity of its design, you know, and I feel like that's sure. what caused a lot of resurgence in the indie scene in the last, you know, five, six years. It's been something that people are kind of like almost wanting to recapture, not necessarily just the nostalgia and how it feels of it, but, you know, something where they can recapture the moment of when they first played Legend of Zelda. And to be honest, I feel like the mobile side has something to do with it, too, because so many people play mobile titles out of the accessibility factor. Mm-hmm. But because the interface is limited, there's only so much you can do, so the games more or less have to focus on raw gameplay value. 
And I think that's driven a lot of people back towards retro games because that's basically the genesis of where that started. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, I think, too, a lot of... Because uh, we were talking, Dan and I said that uh, I wish I was born 20 years later so I could take part in the eSports thing and do all this stuff. And he was saying the grass is always greener. He wishes he was born 20 years earlier because he missed out on all the arcade thing and everything like that, going to the arcade at the mall and pumping the quarters in the machine. Yeah, now I got to, now I have to like play in a stadium, whereas if, if I was born before, I could just go into an arcade and be like, all right, I'm going to kill this guy at, at, uh, <laughs> at Street Fighter. He's going down. And I'll just put the quarter in and stand next to him and, be like, and just look him in the eye and be exactly. like, all right, it's over for you. <laughs> so Ron and TC, do you guys have a favorite, uh, like I said, mine was Tapper. Do you guys have a favorite old school game that's your go-to game? Uh, my favorite home console old school game is probably Super Mario All-Stars. My favorite arcade experience, probably Daytona USA. Okay, yeah. Because I've gotten into so many arguments and fights playing that game. <laughs> and not to mention, he also owns one of the original dual cabs. For oh, that nice. Sits in his garage. So. Well, I, I got the one from the CC's Pizza in Little Rock that I grew up in. I got my first kiss in that machine. I got into my first fight over that machine. <laughs> and I stole pizza on it and stopped the guy from breaking into it in 1994. Well, see, that's something you need, oh, yeah, then that's actually me. a need, yeah, to have that in your garage. Yeah. That, that's nostalgia. Um, for me, uh, I would probably say my favorite, like, uh, old school or even retro style game, um, it'd probably be Link to the Past. Um, I didn't really play it, like, I mean, I was born in 87, and I didn't really start playing games until, like, the early to mid-90s, really, at all. Um, and Link to the Past was, like, my first experience with video games ever that I remember. So it's always had a special place to me. Um, but for arcade experiences... I would honestly, I, I'm real simple when it comes to arcade. Uh, Lethal Enforcers. Yes. Or even <laughs> like, um, oh, what was it? Uh, well, the the old cop uh, version, you know, the shoot 'em up. What was it? Isn't that, wasn't Poli- I think it was just but, Police uh, Shooter, wasn't it? I honestly. What was it? Virtual Cop? Yeah. Virtual Cop. That's it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, I'm simple when it comes to arcade stuff like that. I would, uh, you know, just give me a little gun. He likes his light gun games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It. Yeah, Lethal Enforcer. I didn't, I didn't like the second one. The Western version wasn't as much fun, but the first one I played so, oh, yeah. so many rounds of that at the arcade. We're gonna take a quick break, oh, yeah. guys. Hang on one moment. We're gonna go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back talking with Dan Clark from Esports University Maryville, and also our friends from Toner Low Network. Stand by. This is Greg Grunberg, Snap Wexley from Star Wars. And it's all geek to me, my friends. We are back on geek to me Radio. We're talking all things gaming this particular show. And uh, we've got our friends from Toner Low Network on the line with us as well. Guys, talk a little bit about uh, what you guys do exactly, what, uh, what all your network entails, and how it got started. Oh, well, um, okay, I was going to say, it started out with uh, a few of us got together. Uh, TC used to have a, a a game night every week that a bunch of our friends would get together. We'd hang out, you know, all 
you know, get together, play card games. D and D was played. I mean, he had a projector upstairs. Like, you know, we we had everything hooked up where we would play Smash on certain nights. We'd play horror games all night. Uh, I mean, it was it was just a gathering of friends, you know. And then we realized that too many times we would stay out. Like everybody would go home around one or two in the morning, and then you would have myself, TC, uh, Kaz, and you know a few of us. A few of us would all get together and just start talking about video games or kind of like one individual topic, and we would sit there and talk for two, three hours. <laughs> and finally, it came across that you know we've been trying to do a podcast or uh, YouTube stuff for, you know, in the, in the better half of a decade, about eight years now. Mm. Um, and finally we all got together and decided to make it work. We actually uh, just celebrated this last Wednesday was our one year recording. Oh, nice. Um, Congratulations. So, I mean, yeah, thank you very much. So for the journal podcast just reached a year old. Um, and, you know, we just, we just love talking about, Everything nerd culture, really. I mean, it's video games, it's music, movies, comic books, everything we possibly can. And so, uh, yeah, we do. We even have a wrestling show now. Nice. <laughs> that we, you know, yeah. So because we, we know a lot of the, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, we 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 know a lot of the the pro and indie wrestlers in the area. So mm. we get them on and we talk to them. And we just kind of talk about the general wrestling scene and you know and. Of course, our main show is where, you know, a new movie come out or a new game comes out. We just kind of talk about it for a while and then, you know, move on from there. And so we do that every week. And it's just been a lot of fun getting together with your friends and, you know, kind of talking about it and actually making something of it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting, too, that I, I never realized that there was so much overlap between the, the wrestling fans and, and the other geek uh, realms and everything like that. It's kind of uh, nice that you guys had that tied in. It's something funny I noticed a long time ago when you're watching Monday Night Raw, there's a lot of video game signs out in the crowd. You'll notice there's a lot of kids recording stuff or taking photos on their DS. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's more or less the same community. Yeah. yeah. We're, all, we're all nerds in some way. <laughs> I just think nerds have taken over the world. No, yeah, I mean, anymore, nerd culture yeah. has just become culture. It's really. mainstream, it's right. Like, yeah. you know, it's like even even when you see the state of, like, there is weird, I mean, at least I would consider it weird. You know, man, I grew up in, you know, late 80s, early 90s when bullying was done by the jocks. Now bullying is just done by other nerds to the jocks because <laughs> yeah. the jocks aren't the cool ones anymore. You just it's go like on the, Twitter and uh, exactly, put yeah. them in their place. <laughs> yeah, plus, yeah, the, 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 not, not that we want to endorse cyberbullying, but obviously it's made <laughs> no, it easier no, no, for us no. nerds to do it. <laughs> No. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, eventually everybody realizes, like, hey, wait, I can say something against it. Like, we've come a long way from, like, 1993 when I got beat up at Aladdin's Castle for beating a oh, college kid that's Street, a... Street Fighter 2. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's one of those things. They don't like to, the, the jocks don't like to yep. be showed up at anything. But... Yeah, and that's kind of been what's been oh, happening yeah. with esports as well. So ESPN kind of made some, one of their hosts made bad statements about uh, just esports not being a real sport and that we're all nerds and that we're all yeah. vir- virgins. So then they, they kind of had yeah. to do some damage control and uh, actually host us on their station. Uh, but then their audience, of course, started coming after us. The the sports ball jock stereotype started coming after oh, yeah. our, our whole industry, and I we we just basically rolled over them in the span of a year. <laughs> so, more so of it's us. pretty well expected now. There's more I of mean, us in our yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, w- I was going to say, you know, uh, esports is something that I've been more and more getting into, um, especially lately. 
Um, you know, and it's just, it's a fascinating scene to me because, you know, we're starting to see, um, like the, the, the way the esports scene works now is almost entirely different from that of what you see in standard sports, Yeah. but people want to constantly compare them to standard sports when it, when it benefits them, but also not compare them. You know what I mean? Contracts, everything is different. Yeah. Now, Dan, you were saying yeah, that St. Exactly. Louis is actually trying to draw more of a, you mentioned St. Louis working on with the esports community, trying to bring in more people in the community and uh, the, the city. Yeah, so with uh, St. Louis, there's kind of been a push for tech startups here in the past few years. We're actually one of the highest expanding uh, cities in terms of tech startups. So uh, esports kind of goes hand in hand with that, with the Rams leaving and all that stuff. Um they're they're looking for something new to, to be here, and esports might be that because uh, a lot of the a lot of the actual developers that uh, have servers that uh, the the people compete on they're actually in the Midwest now. So mm. Riot, who owned, who uh, made League of Legends, they actually moved their servers to the Midwest, and uh, I think Chicago and St. Louis are are one of the potential cities that LCS, which is their professional league, might even mm. move to. Oh wow! So, so if that if that comes here, and we have we, we, weekly matches here that you can buy tickets to go to. Uh, I think we might be seeing a lot of. Uh, a lot of movement in the esports space. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, STL will become a hub. I'm actually trying to create a city team, the St. Louis Blank. We don't have a title for it yet. Just but, leave it like that. I, I like <laughs> the St. Louis Blank. I think it's a great name. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're 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 making a push to get uh, some local VCs as well as some uh, some external VCs to the city to kind of come together and, and make this happen. So how's it, how's the esports team uh, scene looking in Oklahoma City, guys? What do you guys have? Do you guys have uh, colleges that do the same thing there? Oh, uh, we got a. I know there's a team around the OU area, and our local pinball arcade down in Oklahoma City just set up a esports arena in their old uh, pool area. Oh, neat! It's one of the one of the best places I've been to in a long time. Yeah, and I've, I've been I've been hearing uh, in the background that uh, is it Oklahoma City Thunder is that what they're called? The NBA Oklahoma team? City Thunder, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, they're they're pretty interested in the space too. So they nice. might they might be they might be starting something up out there as well. That'd be cool. Yeah, I was gonna say there's uh yeah it's I believe it's what Cactus Jacks right? They had set up they set up uh, I think it's Team RTZ. Yeah. Um, yeah. They set they set up a whole esports arena inside Cactus Jacks in Oklahoma City, and it's. Uh, it's incredible. The walking in it, you just feel like you're basically watching the main stage during the LCS or even one of the, the Dota internationals. Like it just, it, they had the five and five pods set up at the back of the room where everything's like it looks like team versus team. It's, it's super cool. Very and cool. I know in Norman we've got some of the best Smash Brothers players in the world. So yeah, yeah, um, they're they're pretty good out there actually. Uh, the Midwest. The Midwest oh, yeah. is kind of a, a wasteland for Smash talent. It's normally it's normally <laughs> the West and the or uh, SoCal and then tri-state area. But I know Oklahoma's got a few good guys out there. Very cool. We're gonna take another quick break, and we'll be back for our very last segment, wrapping things up in this all gaming edition of Geek to Me Radio. Stand by. <laughs> Hi, this is Jonathan Katz, and you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. If you recognize my voice, it's probably from Dr. Katz, professional therapist, unless I was standing behind you at CVS. (laughs) Which is not at all creepy if he's standing (laughs) behind you at CVS. 
This is our last segment where we wrap things up here on Geek2Me Radio. We've been joined in studio by our friends from Toner Low Network. And uh, guys, do you want to? Uh, do you guys want to mention something here before we sign off? Oh yeah, um, we actually did a uh, a pretty cool thing at the uh, XPO convention here in Tulsa a few weeks ago. Um, have you guys ever heard of the Nintendo PlayStation Prototype Console? I think I have. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it, it's a console that was built in what ninety one. Ninety one. It was a. It was the original conjoined project between Nintendo and Sony to make a CD add on for the Super Nintendo. Okay. But Nintendo abandoned the project halfway through, and they made four prototypes, only one of which survived. Hmm. And we got to do the world's first Let's Play on it, you know, on nice. hardware with video capture at XPO. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so we, we we did an actual live Let's Play on the floor. We got all of our equipment up there and set up, and uh, we got an interview uh, with Terry and Dan. I was going to say, uh, so Terry and his son both, uh, they found the console, and, you know, uh, I think it was uh, some sort of, like, estate sale, and, like, he got mm. in a lump group and ended up, found it, like, 10 or 15 years after the fact? Yeah, and they apparently got Ben Heck, and they got in contact with him, and he helped them source parts for the CD-ROM drive to get that working again. Yep. Wow, that's so, pretty yeah, cool. It was, it, was just, it was just really cool. It's something that not a whole lot of people have ever played in the world, and let alone ever done a Let's Play of. And you know, It's, it's an old retro console, and we love playing those games, so we figured we had to. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to check them out more, you can go to Twitter, at TonerLowPodcast. And your website, guys? Yeah, uh, it's tonerlow.org. Tonerlow.org. For more, and you've got all your videos and Let's yep. Plays and everything like that there and interviews. And uh, Dan Clark yep. from Maryville University Esports, you want to give a shout-out as well? Uh, so I just got a message on Twitter from John Badov, one of the Enemy fans. So Enemy's my professional team. Uh, he wanted to know how Payne and the guys are doing and if we're going to win the World Championship this year. I know we had a bad split, John, uh, for the, for the uh, summer split. Uh, but I can assure you that the boys have been in the dojo working out all the kinks. Uh, we haven't been posting much content because Worlds is our is our biggest priority moving forward. And I'm I'm 100% confident we're going to be at the World Championship and qualify. And I think that we're gonna we're gonna hold the cup up this year. So it'll be a good year. And for Maryville, I just wanted to thank all of them for. Uh, for just taking my passion and running with it and uh, bringing esports or becoming one of the uh, one of the four founding members of uh, an esports program on the collegiate level and giving my my guys that would probably never be able to pay for college a chance to go to college while while doing what they love. It's, it, it means a lot and it's a blessing every day. And shout out to my mom. <laughs> you got to get the mom. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, guys, everyone, thank you for coming on. I uh, gaming is one of the things I haven't covered enough of on this show. So, Ron and TC, we'll have to have you back on at some point to uh, talk a little bit more retro gaming. Anytime you guys want. Thank you very much. And, Dan, thank you. We're going to check in with no you problem. as the season goes on to see if you maintain your 40-0 and record from last <laughs> year. That'll be impressive. Sounds good. We're setting Wayne Gretzky records out here, baby. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. And then you go to Korea if you uh, get the, the, big, the big win. Yeah, for sure. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow us, it's at geek to me radio on twitter and instagram geek to me radio.com for the website make sure you check out legends and lanterns out there in st charles historic st charles.com we'll be back next week with more on geek to me radio
you stay classy, planet Earth.